Scott McNeil, vocalist of Deathbreaker, meets the antidote for a talk about their debut album, Disconnect. Good to have you here, Scott. Hey, good to be here. People might be thinking that Deathbreaker is a new band, this being your debut album, but you've actually been around for quite a while. We have. Uh, Deathbreaker came from the band Redeem the Exile, and Redeem the Exile had been around since around 2010, uh, in which we did release a couple albums. So we are a new band to many people, It's but it's rather described as like a new name, old band. Uh, you know, I don't know how to describe that, <laughs> but that's kind of what it is. And who all is involved in the band? So uh, me and my brother, I'm the vocalist. My brother Kevin plays guitar. We have a bass player named Elijah, and then our drummer's name is Colton. And right now we're just a four-piece. With plans to maybe be more than a four-piece? What I think we'll do is we may bring someone with us on tour, but for now, adding to the band roster, I think we like staying a four-piece. We have gone through some member changes in the past, and it has taken a while to kind of find a solid lineup. So as of now, there's no looks for bringing someone else in. However, if the opportunity presents itself and God brings the right person, then we're certainly open to it. Okay, now I want to forget all about the music here for a minute, because I want to hear about the sibling rivalry with you (laughs) and your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's actually pretty good. Uh, I just let him do his thing and write, and then I come in afterwards and put lyrics down. So we uh, we get along a lot better than maybe we used to when we first started a band, you know, in high school. But for the most part, it, it works out really well. Okay, high school music days. You got to tell me about that. Yeah. So <laughs> we had started a band in high school, which uh, we'll leave a name nameless here, but wasn't great. Uh, It was a lot of fun and we learned a lot. But then that, you know, after eight years or so, built into Redeem the Exile, which is what Deathbreaker came out of. So uh, I've been in a band with my brother for, well, since 2002. So we've worked together for quite a while as doing, you know, from being in high school bands and on. You must be getting along because neither one of you have killed each other yet. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Let's talk more about the band. I mean, Deathbreaker has been independent as Redeem the Exile. Now you've signed to Face Down Records for the Disconnect release. Was that something the band had been aiming towards, like signing with a label? Well, certainly. Um, We had been looking at some labels and we kind of felt like this was our opportunity. We weren't waiting on a label. We were going to self-release the album and do it ourselves if labels weren't interested. Um, or if at least the right offer didn't come along. But we felt like this was going to be our opportunity now. You know, if we're going to work with a label, this is the great window to do it. So we kind of took some time and and shopped around with some labels, and uh, we are now working with Face Down. The sound of Deathbreaker really isn't like a copycat of some of the other artists you could find on Face Down Records. Do you think that's a help when you're on a label that your sound is distinctive from the rest of the artists on the roster? Well, I think there's definitely pros and cons to it. Um, I think that people that are looking for the next four today may be disappointed when they hear Deathbreaker. Um, But at the same time, it may introduce people that are very much fans of four today and expect to hear that when they find us on the record label, we'll be exposed to something that maybe they've been looking for or like. So again, it's it's going to work both ways, um, but for the most part, we're happy because we feel that Face Down knows what they want to market. They know their demographic. They know what sound they want. 
Um, and the fact that they like what they hear in Deathbreaker, that's great. You know, that, that makes us happy. The sound of Deathbreaker doesn't fit the typical hardcore role. I mean, it's much more melodic than most. It's almost ambient at times. But you also add in these spoken word elements. Does that help Deathbreaker stand out from the crowd? Well, I think it does. We get compared to a lot of different bands. Uh, and it's mostly that we may get compared to a band because of a quick six-second you know, part in one song on the album. But it's that one thing that, you know, is similar to what they're familiar with. You know, we're not trying to fit into any kind of genre and we're not trying to fit into any one thing specific. We're just trying to write the songs that, that we like to write and are passionate about. And I think that hardcore is kind of the closest thing that people can link it up with, but it's been great because it's opened up opportunities to play with other bands that, you know, indie bands, even hip hop bands. I mean, things that are completely outside the realm that, are able to expose us with them too, which is great. Do you think it's easy for a band to fall into doing cloned albums? You had brought up about Four Today, which I always enjoyed, but I found that each album was almost a duplication of the previous one. Disconnect isn't that way, though. You know, it's taken really a more melodic approach, as I'd mentioned earlier. You know, even to the point of having the instrumental tracks, Son and Father. What do they add to the release? Yeah. So uh, being a fan of Four Today, I think to discuss what you're bringing up first, I think certainly it can be easy to come into a cookie cutter genre, whether you want to or not. If you're given deadlines, if you're forced to produce, you know, I mean, it's just that kind of stuff that can maybe produce not the most exciting album. Um, we had no deadlines, no anything. We had to be accountable to no one. We, so we were able to do our, our music our way, the way we wanted. And that was able to allow us to experiment and play with some of these other ideas that we like, specifically a lot of the ambient stuff, which to touch on that, we really enjoy the part of having an album that lets you listen to it all the way through with some breathing room, uh, which is why we added those two tracks that are in there. And there's some more elements to those as well that once people listen to the album in its entirety, they'll probably pick up on some of these nuances between those two parts. But that was kind of something that to help give the whole album some breathing room to look at, you know? I'd really like to ask about the names of those instrumental songs. Was there a significance in choosing the names Son and Father? The only significance, at least for now, that, that we're going to bring up is just that they're two similars. Like one is very similar to the other and a father and son have like a similarity. And so, yes, there's more depth to being father and son. But I think that the, for now, the best thing to say is just that one does reflect the other. So you're going to keep mom on some of the details. <laughs> well, we're not trying to be mysterious, but there are a couple of things that we'll maybe wait to talk about. The only reason I bring that up is there are a few spots that in writing these, writing this album, writing the lyrics where God has been specifically like, this is what I want here. And I don't want to talk about it yet. You know, I don't want you to explain what it means. So I don't know when the time will come to explain those, but should the time come, then we're definitely ready to do it. So um, again, it's not us trying to be mysterious. It's just kind of more waiting for, for God's stamp of, okay, now we can start talking about what this means. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all it is. Nothing, nothing too crazy. You know what I found personally is that the sound of disconnect is, I don't know, I guess I'd say it's richer than the EPs. Yeah. 
we definitely had a lot more time to work on it, and we went with a great producer, uh, Matt Bayless, who had a lot of great insight for us to help us get this album together. And um, I think it was just being able to work with like a new caliber of professionalism. And what did Matt add to the recording of it itself? I mean, obviously, he's a big deal. He's worked with Mastodon and Broods and Caspian, you know, one of my favorites. Yeah. So yeah. does he actually add a true flavor to the recording? I think he certainly does. Um, I think that we would have gotten a different album if we went through a different producer. The biggest influence that I could say Matt had was in helping us arrange some of the songs. There were some riffs and some parts in the songs that really you know, stood out to him. And he would say, hey, we need to write this in a way that you know, we can hear this again. It was great for the outside perspective. The four of us had been writing this album for over a year. And so these songs were very familiar and, and we were used to them. So to have an outside perspective to come in and try to help spice them up a little bit and say, hey, this is what stands out. We should really emphasize on this. That's really what gave this album a lot of a lot more of that impact. Well, since this is your first full length, how does the overall vibe or the story change between doing the full length and doing an EP? Well, that's tough to answer. Um, it shouldn't be tough to answer, but it's a little tough to answer only because this is the first time we've been able to be at this caliber of a studio and this like professional of an environment um, and with a producer that's known. So maybe recording the EP in the same environment would feel very much the same, but because all the variables had changed, even some members in the band, this was very much um, a new experience all to compare it to all around. The previous EPs then, were those DIY? Yeah, they were definitely DIY. Um, We did most of that stuff ourselves. We did have some friends that ran studios, so we were able to go through them to kind of finish it up, but we didn't have as much room to work with as far as uh, like we did with Matt. You know, with Disconnect, I've really enjoyed the album lyrics and they point out our personal, I guess, and society's disconnection, but they also take on a mentor role. So are you actually wanting to teach your listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I... I certainly want everyone to take away what God wants them to take away. So whatever I may suggest or think is secondary to what I hope God's using the album to communicate. Um, If there's one overarching thing I will say is that there's definitely a lot of negativity going on around the church today. Um, And not all of it's invalid. But I also feel like this album in and of itself is not a church bashing album. It may address issues within the church, but it's trying to find that disconnect between God and the church and realizing that the hurts and the things that maybe are wrong with the church does not mean that God failed you. And so as kind of a real broad spectrum, that's the overview of what the album itself is, is disconnecting what people have told you about God versus what you know about God. When you bring in that Christian aspect through your music, have you ever had people dump on you for sharing that? Oh, yeah, certainly. (laughs) And how do you handle it? Uh, Everyone's subject to their opinion. That's fine. This is just who we are as being real. Uh, We're not trying to be pushy or shove it down people's throats. We don't give altar calls or, you know, gospel messages from stage. But when given the opportunity to talk one-on-one, 
we like to be real and this is what the album's about. And we have lots of people that are very anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-church who are Deathbreaker fans that we love and we hang out with. And so this is certainly not a pushy issue that we try to force people to believe in. Well, that faith aspect is certainly coming up on Absence, the closing track on Disconnect. You know what? It reminds me of something that David could have written in Psalms. You know, here they are, the lyrics are venting on God, and then God responds with love. How personal was that song for you, Scott? Uh, it was 100% personal. <laughs> everything in this album is very much personal. Um, everything is written from a real experience that, that we personally have had, individually or collectively as a band. But um, there's nothing in here that's filler, there's nothing in here that's fake. There's nothing in here that's made up. People may think it's generic and people may think that it's, you know, lazy, but every single word in here has a purpose and it comes from a personal experience. You almost make it sound like people have said that about your music in the past. Yeah. Well, it is something that we have experienced in the past that again, not that we've written stuff in the past that's generic or, you know, that we feel is cookie cutter. But it is something to where we've realized that instead of trying to make something appeal to people, we feel that being honest in it and that honesty is what becomes appealing. Well, for some of those negative people, I think I could give you one solution. Just send them a blank CD and say, improve on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, give them the opportunity. We, yeah, we definitely don't get put off by the negative remarks. That's We understand you're just kind of setting yourself up for anything like that. That's just kind of the way it goes. You've really put a lot of depth and thought into Disconnect. Well, I, I mean, I appreciate that. This album is certainly something that our whole lives have revolved around this album release. Our whole lives is in our bands and our families and our wives. You know, it's there's a lot of gravity to it for us personally. And so we didn't take this album lightly. So that's why there's a lot that goes into it. And we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. There is some mystery too, that we're not trying to be mysterious, but a lot that will be more revealed, I think as time goes on and people get a chance to really, you know, dig into it. And it's got a real story to tell through it. We did, it was weird to know how to release it because it doesn't necessarily fit in a hardcore, you know, beat down, break down, but it's also not super indie or pop, you know? So uh, it was just kind of a, it was an interesting place. Now, Scott, I've heard that you're also a mechanic. So now are you really out to fix people with the music of Deathbreaker? <laughs> uh, well, I think that instead of putting a direction on it for ourselves, we just want to allow God to use it however he wants to use it. If people get fixed by listening to Deathbreaker, then great. That's awesome. Um, but I don't want to put that on it and limit it to that. I think God can use this album in many ways. So uh, being a mechanic, yes, I like to see things fixed. And I'd love to hear some redemption stories about people who have listened to this album. So with that said, great. But I won't expect it. And for people listening who are paying mechanic rates of 65 to $95 an hour... This is a lot cheaper fix. <laughs> well, listen, Scott, thanks for coming on The Antidote, man. I've really appreciated our talk. Yeah, thanks for having me.